Hello, I'm Elizabeth, an obsessive backyard gardener who might be able to offer you a couple of tips. And I'm Keith, a landscape consultant, and I'm also passionate about gardening. The one thing we both have in common is muddy muddy boots. boots. Most of us will know the popular television series Neighbours. Well... We have decided to start a podcast series of the same name, which we think will be just as much fun. We are surrounded by a great bunch of people in our neighbourhood who we would love you to meet. They're all talented in multiple areas and they all have one thing in common and that is a garden. Naturally, these gardens are all in various states of perfection. Some just beginning, some could do with a little more attention and some looking pretty good. Now, our first neighbour's guest today is Anna. Anna and her husband, Denny, have just finished a renovation on their new home, and while the house is looking fabulous, the garden, using Anna's words, has been trashed. She's feeling a little overwhelmed by it all and wondering where to start. So we, or should I say Keith, is going to help her. Hello and welcome, Anna. Hello. Thanks, Elizabeth. (laughs) Thanks, Keith. It's so good to be here. It's lovely to have you here. Now, before we begin to tackle this new garden of yours, I must ask you about your history with gardening. Now, I know it's not something that's been of particular interest until a few years ago, so is there any history there? (laughs) There's not much history, I've got to be honest. We are not gardeners and I've never really been that interested, but a Maybe a few years ago, I started getting some indoor plants and was surprised that I could keep them alive and that they actually even thrived. And then we moved into uh, this house and we just would love, I love beautiful gardens, but I don't have the, the talents or the skill or the knowledge really. So, but I do feel like I could hopefully transfer some of my indoor success into the outdoors. I bet you could, and I'm sure you do have that talent. It's just down deep down inside you. You just got to let I it out, so. basically, isn't that right, Keith? That's right. And and gardening's a journey. You know, you every one of us is is beginning somewhere and and finishing somewhere else in a garden. You know, so it's 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 just a journey. You know, and you'll learn and, and you'll love it. Now, did your yeah. parents? Did you have gardens as you were growing up? Um, I mean, you obviously well, had gardens of some yeah, kind, but gardens. was it something that interested them? Not really, no. Dad, we had a, we, I grew up in the country. We had a, a lovely garden, but it was quite an established one. So Dad sort of spent more time on the Main, maintenance. Maintaining it, yeah. Rather than adding to it. Right, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, and we, I didn't get involved. Okay. <laughs> All right. Unfortunately. You now are going to start. We're going to get you, yeah, get you involved now, aren't we, Keith? So let's talk about that outdoor space. Where do you want to start? What sort of condition is it in now? Well, now it's in not a great condition. The After the build, the grounds were just sort of trashed. We had to pull it all up and new pipes were put in. The builders tramped across it. And essentially, we lost a bit of the garden or quite a bit. And now it's just very hard gravel. And we just don't even really know how to start. And mm. I guess we spent a lot of our budget on the house. And unfortunately, we can't get somebody to come in and do the whole Yep. Um, thing for us but we would like to get it looking reasonable and just knowing the order that we should do things in or how we even I know I've listened to your podcasts and it's all about soil but we, <laughs> we just don't even know the ground is so hard yeah I don't even know how to get that going well we can certainly help with that there's lots of things you can do um we had a little question come in from um, someone else the other day who had more or less the same sort of situation she she wanted to turn her backyard into a market garden and um, she said, you know, she's got about an inch of topsoil and the rest is just clay underneath. 
So um, the first thing she's gone and done is the right thing in, in getting some compost from Clyde Compost from Vince. So that's where you've really got to start. Um, you can have a look at your soil, and, and if, it, if it is a heavy clay soil, then that can be modified, but you've got to do a little test to, to determine that first. Um, and you, you really need to sort of sit down and, and write out the sorts of things that you want to incorporate in your garden. Uh, you're, going, you're, going to, you're going to have an area where you want to put a swimming pool or a pergola or, or somewhere else. And, and if, that, if those places are at the back of your property... Um, which is probably the least accessible spots, then you've got to provide access that you're not going to be tramping, you mm. know, once you do a bit of, a bit of um, work around the house. So you've got to plan where you're going to start. Um, and that's, that, then that first thing, as I said, is, is working out the structures that you might want to incorporate in your garden. And I know that when I'm thinking about a new garden, and I'm about to do that as well, Anna, yes. um, I feel like, because I get a bit stressed and they go, oh, am I going to do it all? But then I think, well, I'll start with a particular area and I'll really try and perfect that area. Is that something mm. that is a good idea or is that... Yeah, you do. You know, you, you can... you, and, and you always, if you're doing something that you've never done before, do, start off in an area that is not in everyone's face because that's where you'll learn. You know, you make, you'll make the, the mistakes, yes. but you'll learn from those mistakes. It's the same as, you know... Um, you know, the, the first paving job I ever did, you know, I started out the back and by the time I got to the front, it was perfect. You know, I'd learnt on the way. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's all about learning and understanding, making mistakes, looking at them and then, you know, saying, well, gee whiz, I could do that better. And, but that's where you start, out the back. Mm. You know? And so with this soil, it's just so tough. Yep. It, it is very clayey mm-hmm. underneath as well. Do we need – I don't even know. We don't even think we'd get our shovels no. in there. So do we need to get – You need to get a mechanical device in to sort of help you out. And, and, that, and that machine that I would be um, suggesting you work with is, is a, a, a rotary hoe. If you've got long lines that you can work to – if you if you've got tight areas, then you need to then think not a rotary hoe, but a machine called a tiller. A rotary hoe has a set of wheels at the front and the and the, the Blade. blades at the back, which yes. rotate and chop the dirt up. A tiller has the blades at the front and the wheels at the back, which means you can get up close up against fences and walls and all sorts of things, and and turn the soil over that way. It's not going to be easy, but. You're going to once you get out there and you and you work it and you do it properly, and you incorporate all the things that need to go into that soil, then you will get a reward from it. You know, and you'll say, "Gee whiz, it was hard work, but, but my goodness, it looks it's going to look fantastic." But mm. you know, fix the soil up first. We always say that. You know, soil is number one. Absolutely. Mm. Now Anna has started. Uh, there's a certain like a small area at the back that you have actually started work on. And how is that going? Because we we sort of worked on a bit of that together. And how is that going? You've got some issues with some of those at that. A couple area. of uh, yeah, it's going it's going well. We've had some paving done, and then we've planted some things in the sort of it's a courtyard. Mm-hmm. And we have a uh, Fuji Mount Fuji cherry ter- cherry tree in yep. the middle, which is going okay, but it's not thriving. It's actually got sort of little um, something's eating it. Isn't something's it? eating yeah. it. Yes. yes. And so I guess there was some. I was I was wondering about how we get rid of that mm-hmm. and how what sort of fertilizer is good for that. I don't think it's the right time to fertilize now. No, it's not because it'll it'll be starting to go into its deciduous phase. Mm-hmm. But it, it's 
plants are a bit like people. Um, it's if people get access to good quality food and good ranges of healthy food, they're less likely to to pick up, you know, sicknesses. And a plant is exactly the same thing. So it gets back to the soil that you've, you've put the plant into. Um, maybe there wasn't enough organic matter in there. Um, one of the things that I, we always bang on about is, is monash rock dust because it's giving those trace elements and minerals, making them available to the plant that then increases the plant's bricks level or sugar level, which then makes them, you know, ward off the pest and disease. I saw the beautiful girls from Monash yesterday. Did you? I did at the Flower and at Garden the Flower and show. Garden I had a lovely show, yeah. chat to them. Yep. Looked at their rock dust. At the, at the Diggers Club. At the Diggers Club, mm-hmm. that's right. So, yes, you've got to access some of these fantastic products. They are great. Okay, and would I do that now? Um, no, I, I wouldn't bother. I would, I would probably still think about, you know, the soil conditions and mulching and composting and getting some organic matter in there that's going to break down and, and be ready for when that plant comes back to life. And once the plant comes back to life in spring, then I'd be putting the, the rock dust down then and just, you know, giving it that extra kick along. Yeah. So, Anna, you planted that. You did give it a quite. It was quite a deep hole, and you did put a lot of compost in, didn't you? you we did. did yes, it. yes. But I just may perhaps the drainage mm-hmm. wasn't. That's another 100%. issue. Yeah. We did sort of plant it up a little bit, yep. but I, I don't know really. You well, need to have a look, Keith. I, I might have to come down and have a look. <laughs> it's not far because mm, yeah. Anna is our neighbour. Uh, she is indeed. <laughs> That's right. I'm very lucky. <laughs> And what about, we have a very large eucalyptus tree. Eucalyptus citriodora, I've walked past there quite a few times, so I know that dirty, messy, damn tree. Yes, <laughs> it fully strips itself each yeah. year and, and does make a big mess. It's a beautiful tree. Oh, it's a gorgeous-looking tree. You know? But it, it, they all exfoliate their smooth bark, and it just goes absolutely everywhere. You know, And, yes. and it's, it's just something you've just got to maintain and manage because here in the Randler Estate, they'd, uh, they'd hang you if you touch that. I know, we've, been, we've had a few people tell us that it would be hard to get, to get it out. Yeah. So you say just, we clearly just have to work with it. You have to work with it, yeah. Um, so therefore, you need to then think about the type of garden that you're going to put around the base. Um, and it's going to have to be, a, um, it's going to have to take on a, a Mediterranean theme, I think, in order to, you know, put up with the exfoliating bark and the lack of moisture that's going to have because that tree would be pulling out, um, you know, a couple of hundred litres of water out of the soil every day in summer. And so uh, why do you suggest a Mediterranean theme because of because that? Because it's, it's a Mediterranean plants will tolerate that, that dry conditions once they've, once they've established themselves. Okay. But it's still not going to be just, you know, go out there with Mediterranean plants and put them in. We've still got to work on the soil. That's it's right. all going to be modified and fixed up. Okay, and what sort of what are some examples of Mediterranean plants? Um, well, there's there's lots of different there's lots of different plants. I mean, you could even think about um, having succulents, um, grasses, um, and then anything with with a grey foliage, a grey fairy foliage is a, is a terrific plant to have in that sort of in that sort of environment because they're used to that. They've, they've, they've created the, an environment to live in by having those beautiful grey leaves that are generally furry. But you know, you, there's lots of things you can put in. There's, and, and when I say a Mediterranean, I don't necessarily just mean Mediterranean plants, uh, such as salvias and these sorts of things, but, um, you know, the grey foliage plants. Um, so they're the sorts of things that I'd be, I'd be sort of thinking, you, you know, you should be looking at. Okay. And they're a good idea also because a lot of those plants are quite low maintenance, aren't they, too? So very low maintenance. And Anna really yes. needs a low ma- She would love a low maintenance garden. So Absolutely. that would all yes. work in well together, I think. Yeah. Um, 
But I guess probably the most important thing that you should always consider about your gardening journey is um, the one thing that I always bang on about in terms of, of, a, of a garden design, and that is that simple word, structure. Yes. Always think about structure in a garden. You know, where you perhaps where you've, and I haven't seen the, the area you're talking about, but have you got a little, little hedge arrangement around the paved area to sort of make it stand out and, and, and give, it a, give it its own little space? Yeah, we built up some retaining walls yep. along the fence. We've sort of planted some things along the fence line. So, and she has it as a hedge. It's going to be a hedge. It's going to be a hedge. You've got mm-hmm. you remember what you've got. What have you got? Camellias. Sasanqua camellia. She's got a Sasanqua camellia. We're trying to remember what it is right now, but yeah, she's got um, paradise blush. I think she's got mm-hmm. so along the hedge, and then you've got a seated area, haven't you? And you've plant. What have you planted behind the seated area? Uh, some Boston. Boston ivy, ivy right? mm-hmm. so yeah, so it's definitely going to be a hedge yep. effect, definitely. Yeah, lovely, yes. But there's a problem with weeds, you said. But I, I think you said the problem with weeds coming through. But I think that might be grass that's coming I think through. It that, is you know, grass is from the cuckoo, the, the laneway. Kikuyu. Kikuyu. <laughs> and she's like, how do I get rid of that? Well, we, we, well, you live in it. You live with it. You know, I mean, I've got, I've got it in my backyard. I've got it in, in the, on the nature strip. And uh, the only way to control it is to, live where you can, <laughs> poison it and just keep on cutting it. Yes, um, but if you if it's coming in from the laneway, which um, you know most likely sounds, then I'd be getting out there and spraying the other side of the laneway. So I did you... do that recently, and it does <laughs> seem to have helped quite a yeah. lot. Right, so that's that was good. But the other the other thing too about what, what people don't understand is that when you when you have a an exposed area of of um, dirt, for want of a bad word, that my middle boy would go crook at me for calling it dirt, um, than soil. It's soil. Um, there's up to a million million weed seeds per square metre. Mm, just seeds wow. just sitting there that in, can be yeah. can be there, viable in the soil for eight, ten, twelve years, just waiting for their opportunity to become Pop king on. of the king of the space. Another thing that Anna has that she and I'm sure you want to talk about are your agapanthers. You have a you have some growing a bit of a mounds happening. Have it some mounds happening? Yes, we do. Some on the inside as well as uh, outside, leading out to the roadway. Mm-hmm. And at the moment, at least they look beautiful and mm-hmm. green and, and lush, and yep. I know that they're not an ideal plant, but given that we, they Inherit, do supply some, them, yeah. some, <laughs> some greenery. There's something there, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm wondering what you suggest with them. Can we, I, I've deadheaded them so yep. that... So they're not going to be weedy. I mean, it's, it's, they're known as the Mount Eliza lily, you know. It's, <laughs> it's, it's the Mount Eliza lily. And, and they've, got, they've, they've had a bad rap, but... I, I quite like them. Um, in our other place, we had them all the way down our driveway because they just soften off the edges. Mm. It means that you don't need to have a structured edge because the, the leaves will hang over. And then in, in the middle of summer, you get these beautiful blue heads of, of, um, you know, of, of flowers. You know, so they're, they're a useful plant. Um, and that might be something you, you may sort of think that if, if it's in a very old um, uh, agapanthus line, you may think, well, they need to be divided up to give them a chance to then, you know, flower, flower again and, 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 and to re-establish that nice-looking um, avenue. Uh, and then you could use those to replant out along the edge, you know, of your, of your driveway, both sides if you wanted mm. to. And you were talking mm. about greening up your fences because so you could, they could, could be extended along the fence. Yeah. And we're looking out there at a perfect example. That's um, evergreen all year round, you know, for, yeah. for on your fence. That's not an agapanther, though. No, 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 no. I'm talking about on the fences. On green, yeah. Well, we were just talking yeah. about maybe because you've got the agapanthers along the fences, haven't you? Or we do sort of along it, some of them. Yes. Yeah, so I mean, they could be, as you were saying, you could probably stretch them along the fence. Yeah, 
by dividing up what she has and exactly or, or even th- or even think outside the square and, and go to go to using other forms of agapanthus so different colored forms um, and ones that will never ever become a, a weedy problem you know and there's there's literally hundreds and hundreds and of varieties of, of agapanthus you know from white ones great big deep purple ones pink to little tiny ones you know so there's a whole range mm. of, of you know, and it, it's carrying a theme you're creating that structure mm. by by utilizing that in its in, in that space that's right yes. exactly and what about uh if we're doing this if we're doing our garden almost from scratch really mm-hmm. is it worth our while saving our pennies and putting a watering system in now or uh can we create a beautiful garden that doesn't incorporate a watering system um, yes and no. Um, if you if you go for a full Mediterranean garden, and you you select plants that are classified as one drip plants, then once they've established, they'll look after themselves. But there's a bit of work involved with that because you, you know you're now looking at a totally different regime of of gardening, and and unless you're going to be working on it on a regular basis, then you're going to create your own create a monster um an irrigation system i um we had matt phillips in who was our last guest landscaper um, from uh, morningside landscapes and he has just completed a um a job for me in mount eliza and i was very interested to see what sort of irrigation system he, he used with that and that was going back to a system that i introduced on the mornington peninsula about 35 years ago and it's using what micro sprinklers that are called dan sprinklers and they were they they were designed and manufactured in the dan kibbutz in israel Mm. where they utilize their water to an incredible you know they they just know how to utilize water because they don't have very much of it Mm. um and these particular sprinklers have come with what's called an anti-mist device which means that it doesn't matter what pressure the hose is turned on, it puts a, a regulated droplet of water out and will cover a four-metre area with one little micro-spray. Mm. It is, br- and I'm, I'm going to be putting them at my place. Well, can I have it at my new place too? Y- only if you can put it in. Yeah, I will, well, my back's better, I'll do that. <laughs> but that sounds great. You know, so, so, so you're up, and, and each one of these sprinklers costs you less than $3. Oh. So for four metres okay. of coverage, so, so you'd have one sprinkler in, in, in one spot, and then you measure another four metres, and you put the next one. And that's mm. brilliant coverage. So it's putting. It's about putting the hose. It's, it's Just about putting the hose pipe. all the way through, it, so you're you know, maximising that particular area. Does that need to go underground? The pipe, the uh, hose. It, in order to look better, yes. Yeah, but, but I mean, all you need to do is, is is get your soil preparation done first, rotary home, get all that goodness into the soil before you put your mulch down. You put your sprinkler line on 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 the top of the ground. You put your sprinklers in, and then you mulch over the top. Right. So it's all under. Sounds easy. And then, it does sound easy. And then, and then if you if you work, if you work smart about this, your plant selection, so that once those plants grow and mature, they will cover the area that's where the mulch is. So you've got no mulch. Mm-hmm. You know yes, exactly, I mean? exactly. Filling and all in you the need gaps. to do, need to be doing then is going out and regularly feeding them. You know, and that's it. Simple. Oh, it sounds so okay, easy, Anna. Okay, that sounds good. You can do <laughs> yes. it. I can do it. I you can, can do it. it. What else? What else? So we've discussed your agapanthus. We've discussed your gum tree. We, uh, there was, what else? You were ta- So it's a matter of really thinking about what sort of style you want to that's consider. Right. And I like what Keith was saying about the Mediterranean style. That's yes. good. And I think you've already started that to a degree as well. 
Yes, I think so too. And even just listening to your podcast, your recent one about the neglected gardens. Not that I want to have a neglected garden, but I did take on a lot of those tips that were very handy. Yeah. I think everyone likes the idea of a neglected, gar- neglected garden because we're not going to neglect it, but we'll have time, time to let them go for a second. That's not right. Not have to be concentrating on them all the time. I think mm. that's, that's ideal. Right. Yep. What about uh, on the flip side... We were wondering whether there are trendy sort of popular plants that you just say just don't even, don't go there. They're... Yeah, and number one on the top of that would be something that Paul Bangay introduced to Australia, which I absolutely hate, the living daylights out, which are Manchurian bloody pears. We won't be putting Loathe Paul's them. website in this um, <laughs> podcast. Um, well, Paul's, Paul's actually, he's come a long way since uh, those sorts of plants. You know, he's now getting into lots and lots of beautiful perennial gardens, which um, shows that he's come on a, a beautiful big journey too. So, okay. But Good Manchurian day. pears are, are plants that are going to date you. They're going to be things that, that will people walk past and say, oh, that's about a 1999 uh, or 2005 plant. Um, you know, so... You've just you've just got to think outside the square in terms of, of your you know of your choice of plants. Don't don't pick you know things that you can walk down to Bunnings and buy, um, and don't ever go into an, into a nursery and say I'll have one of everything. I've seen lots of gardens you know mm-hmm. that, that people have opened up to the open garden scheme and so forth that have they've had plenty of money but absolutely no idea about the, the plant selection. Yeah. So you always look for something that you like because. That's the determination of what a garden is. When I do my designs, I don't, I don't impact my, my choices of plants on clients. I think outside the square. I think about what they want and how, they, how are we going to create it. And then I choose the plants that are, are not going to be common to fulfil those, those requirements of, of, of the client. It's, mm. it's a very simple philosophy. Something I saw at the, the Flower and Garden show yesterday a lot of were silver birches. They were in a lot of designs. Yep. Now, I know you said bloody silver birches. They take all the, you know, mm-hmm. they, 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 they take all the water yep. away from anything around them. Is that wise? So would um, you not recommend the silver, silver birches? birches? If, you, if you went to Europe and, and saw where the silver birches come from, you're just looking at white bark here and everywhere because... They love an enormous amount of moisture, and they get that over in, over in Europe. Here, um, mm. they're such a thirsty plant that unless they're getting access and access to water that other plants are not going to have, mm. then they're going to they're going to either not perform, or they're going to take over. Take over from the others. Yeah. Yeah. No. So I mean, there's lots of other choices in terms of, of, of plants with with you know if you if you like birches, there's a there's a, a, a birch called the river birch, and that is basically a drought tolerant birch mm. it's got a it hasn't got a white bark it's got a beautiful um burgundy colored bark mm. that flaky bark beautiful looking plant and and but incredibly tough mm. okay and so this this there's always said, an alternative there's always an mm. alternative and, and, a, and a better way of doing it great thank you very much for that yeah any no, more, Anna? I think Quick, make I the think most of him. Quick. I know, I definitely need to make the most of you. <laughs> but then, as we said, he's your neighbour now, so you've got, you know him now, you can be ringing him every day. Well, I think actually what, I, what it's making me realise is we, it's great to get, um, to have the discussion with you, but we also really need to have a whole plan about where we're heading. You do. And so it would be ideal actually to just get you around for a consultant yeah. and we'll plan and then you can tell, help us work out which bits we can Chip away at and 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 that's and that's back. look, you know I, I get I get asked a lot from people just to you know to do a concept for them, 
it's 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 a, a little bit of a, a an outlay up front, but once you've got that plan, you know where you're going to be working to and where you're going to be finishing because it gives you an opportunity to do that, to make a start, and and then you know I'm going to finish over here. So it doesn't need to be done on a big budget. You know, you can you can take small bites at it, um, and you know. And I, I've got lots of opportunities with nurseries that um, if you go and buy a decent amount, um, I can get you at wholesale nurseries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. And also right. we would know that it, once we did finish, it would actually work. Like it would look yeah. it will look good because there's been yep. the, the foresight. To... You started from right from the, the bottom, right from the soil up. Yes. And, but also we, the, there was a plan yeah. and that all of the, the choices of the plants will look good in the end. That's right. right. Because you know, we and... don't have the full knowledge of it. No. Um, and, and you know, and, and an interesting garden is is a is a beautiful thing to go and walk through and visit. Um, and, I, and I've probably said this a dozen times that whenever I'm doing a design, I always have sitting on my shoulder Edna Walling, who Aww. who has all these wonderful sayings, you know. And, and the one that sticks in my mind all the time is she, where she says, "A garden you can see all at once is not much of a garden at all," because. You've seen it. Well, why do I want to go and have a look at it? I can see it from where I'm sitting or standing or as I've walked through. So you've got to create rooms. You've got to create interest. You've got to create spaces that if you want to go and sit down and, and just have a, you know, a, a, a moment to relax or sit with a glass of wine in a beautiful chair in a beautiful environment where neighbours aren't looking in at you, you know, you've got these spaces. You know, it's, it's got to be romantic. It's got to be exciting, mm. you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Anna, it has been such a pleasure. Oh, thank you my, no, so much. No, the pleasure's all mine. Thank you so much. For, uh, it's been wonderful. Well, you are our first neighbour and our, na- <laughs> our first lovely neighbour in our new Neighbours series. Best of luck with thank the you. garden. Um, uh, where you and I are very lucky to have Keith as one of our neighbours. Yeah, I think there's someone else who's going to have, have be having a new garden coming up soon, isn't there? Who? Yeah, me. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, you're on and, tap. I, and, I, and I've already, I've already got the first thing picked for it. Don't you have worry. You? Yes. Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited. Um, so you're on tap now. You t- you're on tap for this Good. one now and for me. This is fantastic. Thank you, Keith. It's thank you, Anna. Thank you, Keith. Thank you My so pleasure. much, Elizabeth. Thank you for listening to Muddy Boots. For more information on today's podcast, please go to muddyboots.net.au and happy gardening.